Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband, Bob. Today, I'll be reading Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 22 from the New International Version of the Bible. In this passage, this translation uses gender-accurate language when referring to human beings or humanity instead of using the androcentric term man. In this way, the NIV accurately reflects the gender-neutral language we find in ancient Hebrew and Greek manuscripts of this passage. So, beginning at verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. Other translations, such as the Common English Bible, say, His heart was broken. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark, and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife, and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of every kind of bird, and every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground, will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Here ends our reading of Genesis chapter 6. This passage of the Bible is one of the saddest chapters in humanity's relationship with God. We read that the wickedness of human beings had become great on the earth. In the Greek Septuagint, the language used tells us that the wicked deeds of human beings were multiplying and that every intent of the human heart was diligently set on doing wrong. Similarly, in Hebrew, we are told that the plans, purposes, or intentions of human beings were constantly directed towards evil. Unfortunately, 
The intentional nature of the wickedness described in our oldest Bible manuscripts is not accurately reflected in the language of many English translations. The NIV, for example, says that human inclinations were constantly evil. The word inclination refers to a feeling, an urge, or an impulse. Feelings and impulses are not intentional. They occur involuntarily. An urge to strike out at another human being, for example, is properly referred to as a temptation, not a sin. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15, we're told that Jesus, the Son of God, experienced temptation just like every other human being, yet he did not sin. Human beings did not grieve God for merely being tempted to do wrong. They grieved him when their plans, purposes, and actions became intentionally evil on a continual basis. English translations often emphasize the violent nature of the behavior that was so troubling to God. In Hebrew, the word translated violence also had broader implications. Human behavior had become continuously violent, unjust, malicious, and cruel. As a result of this, God's heart was broken. He regretted that he had made humanity. We can express to God our horror, sadness, and anger at the injustice in the world. God has those feelings too. It was never his will that the world would become as violent as it has become. In this passage we learn that the actions of human beings have an impact on the heart of God. Throughout the Bible, God is depicted as a loving parent using numerous metaphors, some male, some female. Human beings are portrayed as God's children. When children are cruel, unjust, and violent towards one another, it grieves a parent's heart. In Genesis chapter 6, the evil behavior of human beings is portrayed as deliberate, pervasive, and relentless, and those guilty of perpetrating acts of cruelty were not willing to change their behavior. With this in mind, God decided that he must intervene to bring an end to evil. As we will see when we read through numerous Bible stories, God loves humanity and is ready to forgive and restore us if we are willing to turn away from doing what we know is wrong. If this willingness is not present, however, God warns that evil will not be allowed to continue indefinitely. At some point, God will intervene. The great flood mentioned in Genesis chapter 6 is one of those interventions. All humanity would come to an end, with the exception of a man named Noah and his family. What was so different about Noah? In spite of the demonic interference we read about in our last podcast, and in spite of the widespread injustice surrounding him, Noah was a righteous and blameless man. Noah walked with God. This is the same language that was used to describe Enoch, a man who walked with God, in such a way that God took him to heaven without experiencing death. What does it mean to walk with God? The International Standard Version explains that both Enoch and Noah communed with God. According to Dictionary.com, to commune with someone is to converse or talk together, usually with profound intensity and intimacy, to interchange thoughts or feelings, or to be intimate in communication or rapport. In other words, 
Noah had an intimate relationship with God. He shared God's thoughts and feelings. As he maintained this level of intimacy with God, Noah's treatment of others was just and kind, not cruel or violent. As a result of this, God wanted to spare Noah and his family from the coming judgment. To save him from the coming flood, God instructed Noah to construct an ark for himself and for his family, and for two of every living creature on the earth. God's desire was to bring an end to pervasive evil, not to life itself. The story of the ark communicates God's desire to save humanity from evil and its consequences, as well as from God's judgment. God's instructions to Noah and Noah's response to them are very significant. Through his instructions, we see that God had a plan to save humanity. It is God in his love who takes the initiative. The New Testament book of Hebrews elaborates on Noah's response. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 11 explain, Faith is the assurance that what we hope for will come about, and the certainty that what we cannot see exists. By faith, our ancestors won approval. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, reverently prepared an ark to save his family. When God warned Noah about the coming flood, Noah believed him. Noah trusted God. When God instructed Noah to build an ark, Noah expressed his faith by following God's directions. He trusted that they would save him. In the New Testament book of James, the relationship between faith and action is further highlighted. Reading James chapter 2, verses 14 and 17, we find, My brothers and sisters, what good is it if people say they have faith, but do nothing to show it? Claiming to have faith can't save anyone, can it? Imagine a brother or a sister who is naked and never has enough food to eat. What if one of you said, Go in peace, stay warm, have a nice meal? What good is it if you don't actually give them what their body needs? In the same way, faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful action. Writing in the New Testament book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul expresses a similar thought. In communion with Christ Jesus, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. And we read that in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. In Genesis chapter 6, we read that Noah trusted and communed with God. As a result of this, he treated others justly and did as God instructed. May we also learn to trust and commune with God. May our faith and communion be made known by acts of kindness and love.